Welcome to Total Wine and More. I'm on cooler duty this weekend. Fill it up with seltzers and canned cocktails. Oh, wow, great prices. Find what you love, love what you find. At Total Wine and More, drink responsibly, P21. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Hi there, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from, of course, the Keys, the Florida Keys, Key Largo. Um, we are into June, and what's going on right now, and uh, two days ago, they open up at midnight, the checkpoints in the Florida Keys. I don't think I've done, done a show since then. I need to give a break. Uh, since I came back from this long sojourn, which we'll call the pandemic, uh, 2019 of this century. There probably be, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't want to forecast in the future anymore, but the idea might be there could be more of it in the future. But I'm not going to project into the future, just like a lot of people did with the Florida Keys open up. The weather's been beautiful. It's in the mid-80s. It wasn't... Like the movie Far and Away, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, the Oklahoma land rush. Uh, what I'm going to say, I want to give you an image of this movie if you haven't seen it. Back in the uh, late 1800s, the U.S. government took some Indian lands, uh, took away from the Indians, and opened it up to settlers. And I'm not posting an agenda about it or anything right now. All I'm saying is that at a certain time there was uh, by starting at the border of Oklahoma people were allowed to ride run pretty much the only choices you had as far as you could and then you get a certain parcel of land for every claim you made. You know some people may have just stopped right there which would be if you were going to be supplying travelers, that would probably be the best thing to do, would be to stop right in the beginning and claim some land if you wanted to supply the people running. Um, Not that you would be. There were probably people on the other side supplying them. But what the people thought, and let's get back to the beginning why I do it, uh, they, they thought that when the checkpoints opened, there was going to be a gush, like a dam bursting of people coming down from the mainland into the Keys. And they projected rudeness, uh, scarcity, uh, bad, just all sorts of bad behavior. And there were two schools of thought. There was the people that depend on it. Now, we mentioned in previous podcasts that the Florida Keys are a tourism-driven uh, place. More than 50% of the people are either in work directly in tourism in restaurants, bars, hotels, 
dive boats, also pleasure craft, rental, rental, moped rentals, almost anything you want to think of. And they, without the tourists, they are dead in the water. And pun intended that, uh, you know, they're not making any money. Uh, they're, uh, obviously, if they had access to uh, funds, on a, you know, well, I guess a lot of people that were really uh, screaming for it did not have the resources to be able to take a long uh, time off. Now, a lot of places, I'm like I'm from Philadelphia, the Jersey Shore, the businesses up there were accustomed to be having a, approximately a little over three months of business with, you know, a couple days where they have some big weekends like firemen's weekends, policemen weekend, Irish weekend coming in. And that's it. That's all you make. So you got about less than a third of the time to make your nut and do that. Well, down here, the Keys, it used to be that way. It's to be the busy season. The busy season, which the COVID-19 hit right near the beginning of the busy season. It was in March, and we still had another month and a half to go of the busy season. But it started trailing off before then. It started hitting other parts of the country. So I'd have to say it was early March. Things started getting in fact, and it was uh, perhaps around Valentine's Day where we call the traditional start of a busy season. But since the advent of online booking and things like that, people saw that there was a lot of, it was economically advantageous for them to come down in the off months unless more availability, the prices are more reasonable, not paying peak prices. And the weather is pretty much Summer, we get a couple cooler days. We had some days where we were only in the low 70s as a high, but that's a rarity down here. So there's not a season down here that's not amenable to people coming and going out on the water, really. You know, sometimes it could be because of the uh, wind or the high seas, but most times it's great. So we we missed out on uh, the but it's still the peak season the the peak season is still between uh, Mother's Day and counting backwards to Valentine's Day, and sometimes it picks up after after Christmas, you know we have it and then we have a longer flatter but it's still we we don't get that real push uh, so people are used to making money all year round with the, the only. Uh, low point being a high hurricane season, which would be after the kids go to school, September and October, and then start picking up again in November. Still fine weather down here, but there's still a chance, higher chance of hurricanes. And we've had already three. I think Cristobal is the third one. It's just named as turning out in the Gulf of Mexico right now. We're watching what's going on. It looks to be heading north past uh, South Florida, at least. But I'll find more. People don't really get concentrating on the, uh, hurricanes until it looks like it's, a, you know, higher than a 50% probability that it's coming their way. And their prediction models are pretty good. So, once again, 
we're closed. We have two like minds. We had the people that depended on the economies down here. You got uh, everyone. You got palm readers. We have a high percentage for some goddamn reason of palm readers. We're an island uh, chain of 75,000 people. And the upper keys, the within 12 miles of me, there are 12 palm readers. There's several massage parlors. Yes, Asian massage parlors. That's code for, you know, it's not a therapeutic massage parlor. We have those also. A therapeutic, we have a massage therapists, a lot of massage therapists down here. But massage, it's funny, massage therapists do not work in massage parlors. And a lot of people that work in massage parlors do not have an accredited degree in massage therapy. So there's the conundrum. So all that depends. Uh, the cigar store, the all these places depend on that. And if you really want to know what it's like for people not to have access to tourists and tourist income, all you have to do is come into a restaurant. Now, as a restaurant down here, since they're open, I have to be. Th- I'm very thankful to the regulars that came in, even with the redu- reduced traffic. Just depending on locals and people that had long-term rentals and people that have vacation rentals. I did pretty much or better than when we reopened two weeks ago, a little over two and a half weeks ago with that because people were very generous. Unfortunately, that does not make a lot of revenue for the restaurant itself. We can't, you can't really say just because you walk out with a lot of money that the restaurant made a lot of money. And that's a false equivalency. So what those restaurants and uh, definitely the hotels, because the hotels weren't even open, so they're not earning anything. And there's their staff and their bars aren't open. And bars are still not open. I have a feeling that they're going to probably going to open in a week or two. The, uh, the restaurants were hurting. You, the, the restaurants, the bottom line are restaurants. You have to have a certain amount of money to pay your people. And the biggest biggest uh, output besides your supplies and your insurance and your electricity and gas and all those other things are, are labor costs. And nowhere is the labor cost higher in a restaurant than in the back of the house. Because in the front of the house... The servers and bartenders and all, they're paid a, a lower wage, and which is offset by t- uh, tips, which to the unschooled, that's where you see it there. Lion's share, let's say 80% of the income, people work in front of the house or more, 80% or more, and I'm being, I'm keeping it low, 80% of the income comes from tip. So if you're one of those people that go out and leave, you know, you have a problem with tipping and things like that. Yeah, it's great. But the way the system is, uh, you're not really doing anything to help the person that's serving you. And obviously, if you're listening to this show, I don't imagine you're a horrible person because uh, you would eventually be pissed off at me because of all the shit I may have said about you. And I try not to be too judgmental people. But if you're if you don't care about the people that are serving you, then. You're listening to wrong show. There's other ones. There's other ones out there for you. You know the greedy miser show, the I don't give a fuck show, the 
I want everyone to hate me show. So we spoke about the people that really needed the tourist. Now let's talk about the people that didn't want those checkpoints open up. The people that were fearful of scarcity, meaning they're going to let people in. They're going to hit all our, I'm going to go to, it's lower on the change of concerns, but it's, we don't, there's going to be too much traffic, too many cars. They don't drive right. They, they tailgate. They go to the supermarket and they will buy out all the toilet paper. They're rude and thoughtless and they go and travel in groups and they block the aisle. They go with seven, eight people and they meander around like zombies, not aware of the people around them. They're going to, you know, argue with the social distancing measures and the public health measures, such as wearing masks in public places, close public places, close public places like supermarkets and gas stations restaurants and already uh, I'll go in a little more in depth about the restaurant things and they just think well they're going to come down they're going to infect us all blah 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 blah. so there's all two groups of people and what I noticed in the restaurants though there were a lot of people coming in uh, the locals coming in there were people that coming in that uh, make little of the threat of it they call it bullshit and they think there's uh, some kind of agenda f- uh, behind the um, making people wear a mask. I don't know why you think that someone would want to do that, would want to restrain the economy and make it hurt. The people that are hurt, that were hurt by that are people that really support, you know, restaurant workers. Let's say a, by a little more percentage, support more progressive ideas when it comes to politics, but that those policies of uh, wearing masks and, and social distancing actually hurt them when it comes to income. And you can see the Caribbean islands south of us that are dependent upon travelers and tourists, they shut down completely. And they're not getting any hard currency. It's not like they're making... Uh, automobiles or airplanes or electronics in those Caribbean islands. The only other thing that may is illicit income, maybe through being a, uh, you know, a, a stop, a stop where they transport drugs up there or do human trafficking, all sorts of illicit income, but their legitimate income comes from tourism and they're shut down. They take that serious. And when people go against their financial interest, there's a sincerity there. Meaning, if you if you go against your financial interest, you you actually believe that like I like the people that vote you know that vote against their financial interest, like a poor person who votes for someone who believes in trickle down ec- economics, um, and that just clearly doesn't work, or someone that doesn't have health care or things like that. I'm not saying and. And so that person that votes against that has a sincere belief in the other parts of the agenda. I believe uh, I don't try to cast them as being ignorant and stupid. They just have a strongly held belief, whether it be in the religion or uh, politics or just policy that causes them to vote against their interests. So when anybody votes against their interests, like the people down here, who are in the restaurant business. And I know a couple of them. 
owners of restaurants that don't like the idea that they're opening up, which whew, you do, I mean, you do walk the walk. If you vote against your pocketbook and you know you're voting against your pocketbook, I won't call bullshit on you. Now, the other people, when they're going for it and they change their views for it, they have financial reasons. And financial reasons, if they have more concerns over their health and finances, that's, uh, you know, obviously, if they haven't been sick, but they have been broke, they realize that, you know, I'd rather be sick than broke. And uh, they just maybe don't know the magnitude of this. But they opened on Monday. They had these two parts of uh, these two opposing forces where people don't want it and then people that do want it. And they opened on Monday. And it wasn't the Oklahoma land rush. There were a lot of boats that came down. There were cars. There were people that came down. They, They started getting, dive boats started getting phone calls for trips, fishing boats, and they're going to be slowly coming down because the restaurant, I mean, not the restaurants, the hotels and the motels are at 50%. And if you go 50%, you know, they're in the room. How much social distance you have, a wall, but a wall in between you. Well, uh, uh, many reasons is because the common area, they worry about the common areas of the hotel. And a big one is to have the 50% is to have a room sanitized and cleaned up really well before someone takes it in. So a lot of these hotels have checkout at 10 or 11 and check-in at 3 or later, mostly 3 o'clock. So it gives them a minimum of four hours to get to the room and clean it. On a normal time, that four hours is plenty to get rooms ready. And because not all the rooms become available at the same time. It's not like you have July 4th. And then Memorial Day right next to it. So you have a big change over room. So the 50%, you always have 50% of your rooms that are clean and high, you know, sanitized. And you go go back. So once they feel safer at that, they'll, they'll go to that. But that 50% further south of the Keys, that's going to affect the southern part of uh, the lower Keys more than us. The upper Keys, especially where I am, where we're only less than about a half hour from the mainland, we get day trippers, a lot more day trippers. Now, a day tripper can drive all the way down to Key West. It's 120 miles and back. But 250 miles is a bit, you know, round trip and then spending a whole day there is a bit much. A bit much to go and do one of those trips. And people like to stay there. So what happens is people that drive in the Keys, they may drive, they have an idea if they're going to do a round trip, a day tripper, may want to put 100 miles. And that's it, not 200 miles. I'll go 100 miles in a day. That's two and a half hours considering the traffic and things like that. So we'll get the, the, the day trippers will clump up here and we'll get to 50% of our capacity. Now Key West will get it filtered out, less day trippers, and they don't have the cruise ships. So they're way below capacity down there. But a lot of their places still aren't open. So, and a lot of our establishments are also uh, just uh, bars on themselves, not uh, restaurant establishments. And you got um, a lot of people don't talk about this, but uh, a certain, the, the last group of people that will be able to earn money will be um, adult entertainment. 
the strippers. And that's it. Hey, listen, whatever you want to call it or anything like that, these people, um, they they depend on tips. Some of the places, they pay to be there. Now, they're they're not making money. Well, they're not making money stripping right now. Let's say that. And I'm not reading into it. I'm not presupposing. I'm not thinking. I'm just saying they're not, and they don't uh, don't they don't receive any sort of documentation at the year end. I let me say most of them don't receive documentation at the end of the year, saying how much they earned. So they'd have to. They don't have. I know they're not 1099 employees. They're not, uh, they're definitely not, you know, they don't, don't have 1040 or uh, W-2. They're not W-2 employees. So they're, they must have a, the hardest time when it comes out. And they could be enterprising. They could be figuring out ways of how to earn money right now, but putting themselves at risk. So until those places open up, they're left to fend for themselves. And there's, uh, you know, I don't see um, a, Venezuel- a Venezuelan stripper delivering um, for Instacart or Grubhub. It's just not going to be done. That's not what their skill set is made up of. So we have the Florida Keys that opened up. It was a moderate amount of traffic. We, uh, we had a better day on the day I worked Monday, I'm going in today for uh, about a 12-hour shift. And I fared well on Monday because I didn't have an expectation of how people were going to behave. I did prior to. I started thinking that way. I started thinking negatively that the people that could come down here. And most of the people that come down here don't really give a crap. They don't. They just need to go out. And they're fi- they're feeling fine, and I imagine they didn't lose anybody too close to them, because then they would probably take it a little more seriously. And they're no more militant about not wearing masks than our regulars, our locals here. They're not more or less. Well, I did see a couple come in. They weren't from. I don't think they were from Florida. It had to be someplace else. But they they looked like they may have drove all the way down here, and they got out of their jeep, walked up to our front door. And they um, turned away and left. We have on the front door, we have on the front and back door, it says mask must be worn when you're entering the restaurant, on your way to the table, and when you're away from the table. Obviously, when you're eating and drinking, when you're at your table, you don't have to wear a mask. Uh, That keeps, because of current CDC regulations and Monroe County held closely to them. And I think what happened is in Monroe County, the leadership of Monroe County had more foresight. We've had a very low infection rate. I mean, you know, people argue how many people were tested and things like that. Well, what the fuck? It, it, it was what it was. And I think uh, up until right now, maybe 110, 115, and four deaths. Uh, there's some speculation that there was unreported deaths at an assisted living facility in Plantation Key. But then again, I don't give, unless there's proof, I don't give any truck to that. I know just saying it is 
an imputation, but I'm not impugning anybody. There was just, uh, a, you know, somewhere there was an inordinate amount of deaths in a short period of time at this uh, smaller assisted living facility before the people got tested to see what they died of. They um, were cremated. So that happened there. So when they open up, we see people come in. We saw, you know, uh, a lot. And then conversely, the one thing I did see was a lot of our locals weren't coming out. Our regulars that OC weren't coming out. And if we had those, we would have definitely been near 50%. We had a decent night. We had some locals, uh, but a lot of them didn't. It was less locals than normally, but there was more tourists, and that offset that. And uh, uh, anecdotally, once again, I like that word, anecdotally, because that means I only know this. But I notice that percentage-wise, the locals have more of a connection with the help than uh, the tourists. And a lot of the tourists came down are uh, average average tippers. Average is a better tip. Too low, you know. So take it for what it's worth. And today going in, I expect pretty much the same. We've had four shortened hours, meaning we open up an hour later, and right now we're closing an hour earlier. We're not per se. We're normally open 11 to, that's the catch restaurant in Key Largo. I still advertise that for free. And we're open from, now we're open from 12 to 9 and I go in 11 instead of 11 to 10. And people say, well, you know, uh, we get regulars to come in and say, hey, listen, the local bar's not open. Why don't you, because you have uh, a, a full bar. And the bar that we usually go to that's open at 4 in the morning isn't open. Why don't you just stay open later? Well, then we'd be defying the principle. Once we close the kitchen, we become a bar. Right? So, I mean, all day we might be, you know, we could just say people come in. Some people just come in and drink. It's a fact. To so a bar restaurant, there's some, a lot of people come in and they don't or look at the menu. They're just there to have a drink. But uh, we do uh, better than 50% sales, and that allows us to be open when the other, when just straight bars that don't have food can't. So right now, I had my hard feelings was for people that wouldn't adhere to the, uh, I don't, I, Let's call it a regulation right now to wear a mask when you're in there. Like it or don't like it, you got to wear a mask when you go into a restaurant down here. You should wear a mask when you go down here. Obviously, some of them don't enforce it. Our restaurant is right across from the government center. And if any place was going to be policed or checked on, it would be our place. So, And when I say right across the street, I mean about... 100 meters across the highway. And when you get there, you exit their parking lot, you can go directly across the street into our parking lot. Four lanes road can go right into our parking lot. So that's how close it is. And if anybody were to enforce it, and if you were of the policing agency that does that, check in on that, that's the place you don't want to violate. 
Now, there's other places off the beaten track and other places that are outside that may not have that because they say, listen, they're outside. People can get 20 feet away from each other and do whatever, and there's air movement and all this stuff. They can say that, but indoors are much stricter. So why, why would you fight about it? What's the point? There's venues for you to make your argument and protest and Yes, I said protest. There are things going on right now. Unfortunately, uh, the um, there's uh, in our bigger cities there's uh, protests going on. A real injustice out there, and there at night there is looting going on by people. And I I tend to have my beliefs tend towards the people that are looting are not the people that are protesting and the people that are protesting are not the people that are looting. They're two different. Now, you may have opportunists that show up at both that may want to start trouble either by looting or by going into it with law enforcement. I'll give you that. But the straight-out looters, the people that are out there looking for economic gain, and then, and then there's a group of people that are opportunity takers. And they take it as an opportunity to get what they believe. Hey, listen, they're getting it, so I can go. My father said I can go and get a month's supply of um, disposable diapers or things like that or get you know go in a liquor store and get whatever. They're opportunities takers. I'm saying they're lower on the scale. They're not the people that broke the window, but they're people that definitely would go in there when everyone else is in there and go in there. But the the people that are uh, doing it, they're, I believe they're two dis, uh, more distinct groups unless they're uh, just people trying to make trouble in both groups. But by and large, the protesters are separate from the people that do the looting. The protesters have a, a political message and the looters have a private economic message, and their private economic message is, I need to get to do this. Uh, so, and there's all groups of people throughout history like that. You know, remember um, not too long ago, the troubles in Northern Ireland, that uh, there were political, Sinn Féin was a political arm of the IRA, and the IRA uh, started out as an uh, organization that did a lot of, uh, some of their groups, uh, provisional IRA did some horrible bombings and then you had the UDF the Ulster Defense Force which was the unionists the people that wanted to stay with the United Kingdom uh, they they just did some horrible things and it just some people do not express themselves correctly and I'm not um, I'm saying that there's some people that really if they don't feel they have a very good argument they'll go and do something rash and horrible and they're not the same people because there are people that go out there and do do make the political argument or make the philosophical argument that justice uh, for everyone is served by not harming a particular group of people egregiously. So that you have that there. And I did speak that. So and I'm going to leave it at that. So this is Jim the Keys bartender. I'd like to thank everyone for listening. We're going to be making a big push for listeners and sponsors in the next coming months. I took a, a little time off because uh, just a little breather to think about stuff and think about the direction this show should go. I'm hoping you listen and I'm hoping you can make your way down here 
to the Florida Keys. And if you do make your way down to Florida Keys, send me a note. Tell me when you'll be down here, and I'll, I'll tell you when I'll be working, and uh, I'll be happy to uh, get you a drink. But I, I really enjoy uh, doing the show. I appreciate you listening. If you have friends that might be interested in a show and like to learn more about the Florida Keys and like, you know, like generally like bar talk or general conversation, this is what it's about. We try to be funny most of the time. Okay? But sometimes you got to be serious. So we're doing this. And um, I'll do an episode tomorrow and we'll see how that works out. So for now, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. And listen, follow me on uh, Keys Bartender on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can find me as Keys Bartender, Florida Keys Bartender. And subscribe to the show. Share the show with your friends. The more listeners we have, the better. And I'd like to thank, once again, Washington, Virginia. You are at the top of the list. You are crazy about downloading. I don't get it. It's tiny town. How many episodes? You are at like 12 episodes per resident out of, um, this is episode 291. So we'll see. Thank you very much. And I'm going to endeavor to do uh, maybe uh, if I get some feedback, whether you like longer episodes or not, I'll just do more episodes and you can listen and I'll try to make them distinct and have their own different personalities. So thank you for listening and have a great day. This is me signing off. the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a monster truck driver to deliver pizza. And the neighbors are going wild. You can hear that engine from a mile away, Fran. And he's foregoing the driveway and heading right up the lawn and over the azaleas. What a power move. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. With six-foot tires and a roll cage, this pizza guy could quite literally crush the competition. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.